The following presentation of lasers on the right features previously united clips from the following episodes. Season 2, Episode 46, The Composition of Janet King. Season 2, Episode 53, Miles and Insecurities. Season 2, Episode 62, The Bravedor de Privet. Season 2, Episode 63, The Many Passions of Navid B. Season 2, Episode 68, Getting On Is The Hard Part. Season 2, Episode 69, Nice. And Season 2, Episode 74, Fear of a Latin Planet. And now more lasers on the right. When Britain called me Barman on the previous episode, I wanted to interject and say my Jewish name moving forward is going to be Barman. Paul I don't know Barman. if that's Jewish enough. Does that come through? Barman? Barman. I feel like there it was a very Jewish rapper called MC Paul Barman. So. So, yes. Pretty Jewish, I guess. <laughs> But seeing as Paul Barman beat me to the punch, now I don't know. That's true. I feel like it's not good enough. You could have that MC Paul Barman. I don't remember calling you Barman, but... You don't remember calling me Barman? If I were to do it, that's exactly. There's a napkin between my hand and the turd. Of course, the yes. turd is in my hand, yeah. but I'm not dropping it in their bag. I'm smearing it. No, I'm mushing it in somebody's face. No, it's like a pie. <laughs> But Jesus it's pooping. No, 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 no. Like, if I'm going to undertake this, there's only one way to do it. And it's the most brazen, disrespectful manner possible. That's, I'm mushing this turd in your face. That's tough. That's tough. That's show business. That's what you get for being a piece of shit. I'd kill you for that. <laughs> Is that a level that you would <laughs> Yeah. A poop in the face that's like... That is... No, it is. It is too far. At this point in time in my life, I'd kill him. It is a death sentence. <laughs> That's a bridge too far. No, man. Yo, if somebody came, pulled up on me and shit smeared my <laughs> face, oh yeah, it's war. And this war does not conclude until there is blood in my motherfucking palms. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. Well, what, you're not going to kill him if he just puts the poop in your bag. No, no. Well, I mean, I won't even know who it is. Well, what's in so. the bag? What if this bag contained a computer with your life's work? What if this bag contained... No, a computer's fine. Like, that's not going to get fucked up because of shit. It's you can like, just wipe it. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Like, what's... Well, what if it stuff. gets into the crevices yeah. and, like, there's just no getting it out? No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sticking up for this guy. <laughs> I'm He's, no for this. He's no friend of mine. He's no friend of mine. Yeah, no. that's brutal. No, the, the shit smear is the only way to go. There is no other option. It's it's too much, the shit smearing. That's not uh, enough. If, 
<laughs> it's never enough. If the poop in the bag is aggressive, the poop in the face is like, yeah, it's an act of war. It's an act of war. Of yeah. course, it's an act of war. <laughs> yeah, you can't. There's no. What are you gonna say? But so is. But so is poop in the bag. Somebody puts poop in my bag. <laughs> it's like they put poop in my face. It's no, it's war. not. It's, it's war. I. I I will it's... not stand for this shit. <laughs> no, no, I agree, because it is war, but it's like a mini-war. You know what I mean? It's a tussle. Yeah, like... it's like, I'm not going to put shit in your face. I'm going to put it in your bag. So you have to respond accordingly. <laughs> but shit in the face is, is murder. No, yeah. That's it's murder right. one. <laughs> <laughs> Poop in the bag is like manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the other one's murder one. Murder one. Oh, man. <laughs> CP. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in the chair. He's a turd. <laughs> oh, man. They want it's deeper than the themselves. label. It's not the label that I disagree with. It's the way that the label is being employed. Well, I know the idea about being divisive, right? It's like, okay, we can all be Latinos or we can create all these categories within Latinos and yes. divide our power instead of being united and then being able to... But if all the person is saying is I'm queer and Latino, I'm Afro-Latino, they're not saying they're not Latino. It's like, yes, we can all still be Latinos together. We can all still move forward together. I just want this little bit of yeah, room that's within the, the movement. That's the thing. That's not how it's being presented. It's a pain in the ass and we should move on. Well, I mean, I just don't... Okay, whatever. Well, what's your stance on it? No, I it just, it's literally just, to me, it doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't, like, it's infringe on me in any way whatsoever. Mm. It's like the opposite of a pain in the ass, because it's, I don't know, it doesn't... <laughs> Maybe pain in the ass is, is a bit extreme, and uh, because it, it doesn't bother me, you know, in that regard. It's just that it's, it's uh, I guess it's a minor annoyance. <laughs> I think it's the more accurate That's way fair. of describing it. It's a minor annoyance. It's just mildly annoying to have a bunch of holier-than-thou motherfuckers signifying in public spaces, saying a bunch of shit, trying to be incendiary and trying to, again, like, propagate an agenda that doesn't even have their own best interests at heart and that ultimately just doing the whole community a disservice. But, I mean, it's like you should be classifying those people as just full of shit. You know what I mean? There's full of shit people and all kinds of different kinds of full of shit people. And more importantly than that... The Venn diagram is like, they're full of shit, these people. And more important than the full of shit people is the acknowledgement that there are people who have been marginalized and have been silenced for a very long time, who for the first time are... Uh, getting representation in, in public works and in public spaces and that are given a voice. I do not, uh... I don't believe in silencing anybody. I want to hear those voices, and I want to hear what they have to say. I don't necessarily want to hear what the peanut gallery has to say, and a lot of the opinions are coming from the peanut gallery and not from the actual people. And that's my whole thing. Give us a story with how you had to make it better. We'll give it the right spin it deserves. (laughs) 360 oh. waves on that bitch. Those Spinning. are called spin doctors, I believe. Mm-hmm. I would love to be a spin doctor. It's The only reason I wouldn't want to do it is because essentially it's almost like evil. You know what I mean? You're only spinning bad things into good things. Oh, you, never, you, you know what I mean? There's nothing else. It's also a really but bad But it name. seems real fun. Yeah. That's the premise for that movie, uh, Thank You for Smoking, right? 
Mm, probably. He's a spin doctor. So, he's yeah. like a yeah, yeah. He's like a lobbyist or some shit. That's like a nineties term, eh? They don't like say that shit anymore. No. There's plenty of shit that people don't say no more. There is. You know what's weird? You you like to debate, but you seem to be getting really mad a lot during debates. It feels like you're getting very frustrated, but you're supposed to like you like doing this technically. Like you're you're the guy that thinks every like we should debate. But you're getting so frustrated. So frustrated. Well, you seem to be getting frustrated. Maybe you're not. You who's who's frustrated? What well, seems like you're getting frustrated? <laughs> <laughs> no. How 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 have I been expressing my frustration? Well, okay. Well, if I'm you're not, the then you're not. I'm asking the question. Like, how am I coming off as uh, as frustrated? Well, like wanting, like saying we should move on, and like not like being visibly being visibly frustrated uh my invitation to move on isn't necessarily related to my feeling like i'm losing the argument or like i don't want to lose or like i don't want to lose the argument it's more in the sense that we've spent enough time on a subject and where in previous instances we might have debated it to the death at this juncture i'm more interested in keeping the flow of things than in sticking to my guns Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What is the most violent, like, gruesome rap song of all time? I don't know. I feel like it's either Gravediggers or, like, nonfiction Necro and those guys. Yes, it's definitely down there, I think. That horrorcore rap. Yeah. Esham. Brother Lynch Hung. Did you ever like that kind of shit? <laughs> For a brief spell when I discovered Eminem. Mm, made, yeah. me inve- made me investigate the horrorcore genre, but I never really cared for it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's like for 13-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's, that Insane... It's very titillating at 12, 13. Definitely. Insane Clown Posse have great branding. I remember going to HMV at 13, 14 years old and going through the racks and then seeing the ICP albums and being like, this is a good-looking record. I might put my money toward it if I didn't know better. I don't even know what the... I don't have never, I've never seen ICP You've never seen stuff. a physical copy of... <laughs> no, never. No. I guess ICP is the Halloween rep. Yeah, they're Halloween all year, baby. Is that considered rap? Yeah, of course. Okay, sorry. They're rapping. <laughs> yeah, I guess they are. It's just... fair, man. Those lines are very confusing to some people. I saw a spin top 100 alternative songs of the decade, and uh, My Name Is was, like, top 10. And it's like, what is it? what about this is alternative? It's just a guy. It's He's white. white. He's just a white guy. Yeah, because that's, that's just rap music. Yeah, it's just rap music. I guess because it's silly, they wanted to, like take it like they were like this is alternative to the means like no but it was alternative to the (laughs) like the my measure of it is uh uh in the in the pop landscape uh in in canada the 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 summer before oceaga there was the vans warp tour and when vans warp tour came to montreal in 1999 among all the 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 rock acts they also had eminem the Beat Nuts, and and at least another a third hip hop act, and you had Cypress Hill that toured the rock circuit, and they were considered an alternative band as well. 
So in the very broad spectrum of what alternative music might be. Yeah, but it wasn't broad. Alternative music is specifically a sound. But is it like Soundgarden and yeah, like yeah, exactly. and shit like that? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. so, but not everything that's in the alternative uh, category sounds like Soundgarden, though. Uh, well, no, but there's still... Mean. It's like not everything in rap sounds like Biggie, but rap is still rather easy to delineate. Yeah, well, saying alternative isn't like saying rap. It's like saying, oh, it's like saying East Coast hip hop. Yeah, because it's a sun, yeah. it's a sub under. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a, it's a genre of music unto itself. But I guess that music has like hybridized to the point where it's kind of frivolous. Like if you take a a band like Papa Roach, they're a Christian band, so they could technically fall under gospel. They're uh, a rock band, so they could fall under the the alternative. But no, banner. just because they're a Christian band, you can't put them. Gospel has a gospel sound. Gospel is a genre unto itself. Mm. Yeah, like just like Christian are... music doesn't mean it's gospel. Okay, point yeah, taken. Like just Christian sounds. rock. You're right. Like Creed is technically Christian rock. Gross. Yeah, like you could even have alternative <laughs> hip hop. Yeah, of course. There but is alternative hip hop. Exactly, but that's not alternative, and it's not hip hop. It's alternative hip hop. Well, yeah, exactly. technically, it could be hip hop. I don't know, but regardless. That's the thing. Papa Roach could be could fall under the hip hop category. Would Eminem fall under alternative hip hop? I don't think so. No, he's just a rapper. He's just a rapper. He's the, he's, he's he was a pop rapper. He couldn't fall under alternative hip hop. Alternative hip hop was ruckus and uh, and that sort of shit. No, exactly. Company flow. Yeah. So you're just mad that they let him in because he's white. Well, it's just ridiculous. It's in the same way that radio up here when I lived here as a kid. There was no rap on the radio. They chop out rap verses from pop songs, mm-hmm. but they would play House of Pain or Eminem. And it's like, well, let's just be for real about what this is. Yeah. Like, this is just rap music. Rap isn't there's scary because n- it's rap music. It's scary when it's black people yeah, doing exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there's nothing different about these acts. They weren't making white rap music. No. They were just making rap music. Except that they were... Not Eminem. House of Pain and Eminem are the patron saints of of white rap. Yeah, because they're white. But because and because they were white guys rapping, um, also uh, also that motherfucker uh, 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 MC Search and uh, who else? Who like who else makes the who who else is the makes the rap the white rap pantheon? But is there such a thing as white rap? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, there's this, like, nerdcore shit, which is, like, this... Okay, but that's not what Eminem did. No, exactly. He just rapped. Like, there was no, like, content-wise, there was nothing about him that was specifically making more, like... Palatable to white people. To white ears in their cars, like... It was Dre beats. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, it's just the mere... F- yeah, he just... It's the same with... I don't know. It was also Mark the 45 King. Exactly. It's not like, like very educated decisions in terms of like who you're going to pull from the rap canon to contribute to your body of work. Hear those wolves? It's getting Spooky. creepy around here. <laughs> Spooky. So that must have been just glorious when that ends, eh? Just the like f- the Oh, well, let me tell let me share this story. This is a fantastic story. So the last day of our cohabitation, I go out to uh, I go out to Frida's 
out here, oh. St. Hen, to go get some tacos. And uh, I'm on my way back, and I'm on my bike. I hit an intersection. There was somebody who'd engaged the intersection and did not seem like they had seen me. So the thing that I do is that I usually wave at drivers, you know, motorists and shit. I wave at them, and I make sure that I make eye contact. We acknowledge each other, keep, keep moving. So as I raise my arm off of the handlebar to wave at this motorist, uh, there's a, 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 a trench, I guess, that I could describe it. Uh, certainly not a velvet trench. It's <laughs> not the vibe uh, that that went across Notre Dame, like the whole street. I guess there was like a pipe or something. And so my front wheel kind of tips into this trench. I'm off balance. Mind you, I have a backpack with all of my gear. I had my camera in it, my laptop, my, uh, my, my, my controllers. Like if I would have fell on my back, uh, I would have bruck up all of my gear. So I land on my hand and on my face. And, uh, you know, when have you ever fallen face first on some concrete or some asphalt? It feels like getting punched in the eye. So it's brutal. It's yeah. fucking brutal. So I, I tip I over. I once, but I was super wasted. So yeah, no, I was I in, I was in complete sobriety. I was, I was drunk off tacos. And <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking flip over my, my handlebars. I land on my hand. I land on my face and I land on my dome piece and like my like my scalp had like a, a fucking scab on it because like my my head slid on the fucking asphalt. Yeah. And um, do you have a beard to hide a vicious scar? Uh, the only scars that I hide are deep within. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, after so I, I check myself in the mirror. I'm all banged up, but I'm I'm still okay. Like. I head back, and uh, I had to clean out my apartment after this bike accident with my janky hand and my black eye from getting punched by the sidewalk. And uh, I had some weed on me. I'd bought some beer. So we drink and smoke as a kind of, like, you know, party. Oh, well, that's not bad. But then she got lazy because she was like high a divorce party type of thing but she got she got too high and and and, and too tipsy and she was just too too slosh to to help so i had to do all the all the cleaning i had so. to do all the cleaning and uh that was uh that was it do you think that represented the relationship yeah was that a, was that a <laughs> was metaphor that, a that was kind of the, yeah like closing metaphor it was exactly it's kind of like you know battered and bruised but god damn it if I don't put that motherfucking work in so I deserve everything that comes to me because I work for it uh, yeah no that's uh, that's because I would feel like a marathon those six months so at the end you would just be like I am so good to go man I am so looking forward to this next fucking situation it was uh, it was a nightmare I remember there was one memory that sticks to me and um We'd had an argument over some something, some bullshit or another, and I'm on the phone with uh, with my guys, and uh, you know, I just felt this this despair where I started like tearing up, like I was like like I had like I couldn't like I was just listening to them, and I just felt the the, the water well in my eyes and shit, and I was just like I like this is this is driving me insane. I can't do this anymore. And uh, I just kind of had to eat it. You have to eat it. You 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 know you make the you you make your bed and then you lay in it. And I was laid out for a minute. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. How many times are we doing? Well, I guess it's just I'm gonna just let it happen. That what happened? Murder gram. <laughs> oh, you're expecting more murder grams. Well, you said a few times throughout. Oh, I keep waiting for it. I'm like, I don't think I said anything. Is that? You're supposed okay, to just we'll go see. on and then be startled by yeah. the random happening. But yeah, murder gram is 100% a Jiggerman song, isn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Jay Z has a song called Murder Gram. Do you, have Do you a think specific it's spooky? Maybe it's spooky. I, maybe it is spooky. No. Why don't we look it up? Do you have a specific time when we're supposed to put our costumes on, Mike? Or? Uh, yeah, when we dropped the, we dropped the camera. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, there's definitely a Jay Z song called Murder Graham featuring DMX and Ja Rule. Let's see if it's spooky. Let's I, I kind of doubt it. This is this is what era is this? This is like volume two. I this guess. has to be '98. Yeah. a lot of red. Well, I mean, he's got a lot of dark imagery. Yeah, he does. He's like, it's nighttime, he's got two pit bulls on chains, he's in a wife beater. <laughs> Say no more. He's sweating. <laughs> he's growling at everybody. <laughs> Straight up. Terrifying. That's Halloween right there. Yeah, I know, it's true. It's true. Checking if he's a Scorpio. I feel like he might be a Scorpio. Who, X? Yeah, that would explain a lot. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Mm, no. He's a Sagittarius. Which explains they're very, they're loners. He's a loner. Sagittarius? Yeah. I don't know anything about Sagittarius. I know, but he's a loner, right? DMX? DMX? Yeah. 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 Which one are you, Britain? Scorpio. You're a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which one are you, Mike? I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. Old reliable. <laughs> Old faithful. Old steadfast. <laughs> This picture they use for this song, Ja Rule is like ice growing so hard. It's like he always was though back then. Like until obviously that he stopped and started smiling. All the time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But at first, wasn't he like before Ja Rule smiled? Who was he? He was trying to be a mini DMX, right? Pretty much. Yeah. That's what he was accused of. The frustration stemmed from people going up to DMX talking about, I love your song, it's murder. Um, they had misconstrued and he resented him 
for living, just being himself. But maybe there was a few traces of DMX's DNA. Yeah, I think, I think there were. Mm. I think it was there. Perhaps. Have you been watching the Wu-Tang thing? I uh, watched the first episode. Just one? Oh, nice. So far. Deep, I thought you would like that. You would expect me to be balls deep into it, but yeah. I'm only, I'm only getting around fan? I love the Wu. Okay. I love yeah. the Who is your favorite Wu-Tang member? Britain, I'm going to ask you first. Yeah, Who is definitely. your favorite Wu-Tang member? Method Man. The Method Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what about you, Mike? Let me get that short... <sighs> it's definitely it's Method Ghost, probably the edge to Meth. But I only I don't like very many of them even. Those are basically the well. The only redeemable like. ones, if we're talking about rap and albums, are Raekwon, Ghostface, RZA, Method Man, Jizza, maybe Old Dirty Bastard, and maybe Inspector Deck. Which is still seven out of nine. Would you do it differently? Would you, would you feel no? You would just do the same. I am doing it differently. No, that's it. Would you choose to not take? Well, six months, I guess. Whatever. Anyone can do anything. I guess six months is short enough that it doesn't cause true harm. You just get through it. It's still two years of our lives that we're never going to get back. Oh, the relationship itself. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. That, yeah. But you can't. You can't ever regret. But that's the thing is, I don't regret it, but I do. I do uh, own up to the responsibility of having wasted somebody's time. That's something that weighs on me. I don't think about it because you know I've I've moved on long time, and you know uh, somebody's got to look out for number one. Yeah, well, I don't see why you wasted her time, but she didn't waste yours. Like, if anything, you guys wasted each other's time. Yeah. I say I, t- I own up to that because I'm the one who asked her to stay. And I'm the one uh, who uh, I'm the one who 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 pushed for a relationship. So oh. that's why. So that's why I I bear that maybe more than she does because okay. you know she didn't ask for it. I did. Yeah, but she said yes, so. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't think you need to worry about that. But again, I'm not worried. Yeah. You know, I uh, I know what kind of man I am, and uh, I know how I was tested, and, you know, uh, you do what you can with what you have, and you you deal, the, you know, uh, decisions are to be made, consequences to be dealt with. Yeah. And I did both. I made the decisions, and I dealt with the consequences. Oh, there you go. The only time you truly waste anyone's time is if you actually deceive them. Like, you cheat on them. You, like, that's wasting someone's time. But what if the deception is from the outset, you know? You uh, you make yourself out to be something that you're striving towards, but that you're not really. You shouldn't do that, I don't think. Mm. Usually yeah. you should you should be honest in your... Wait, I mean, it depends. Yes, we all fall, fall short of who we want to be. Like, listen, and especially in relationships, like yeah. we all wish we could be better to our partner and stuff for sure. I just mean when you, when you literally deceive, like I'm ready to be committed, and then you cheat on them, or I'm ready to be serious, and then you're not, and things like that. That's I was when... never, um, I was never a hot ticket as a as a bachelor. So, like, you know, loyalty was never a, an issue with me. You know, I was never. Uh, somebody who girls like there, I, there's no cachet in you know being with me 
You know what I'm saying? So, like, I never had uh, female attention like that. So I was never really a problem. But, I mean, loyalty, this, the, like, I don't think loyalty works that way. Like, it's a personal thing. Like, you see horrible dudes out there who still cheat. I mean, it's just not even like that. I don't think that's how those things work. Well, the thing is that uh, the way that it works is that you are faced with temptation. So guys who are in the face of temptation more often than others are more susceptible to succumbing to their primal desires more than those who are seldom ever, if ever, tested like that. So, like, I never... I never had that type of test. I never, I was never, so I I can't judge somebody who cheats because I've never been, again, like a hot ticket like that. So I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what it feels like to to be so desirable that I could just have whoever I want whenever I want. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's true. But that's, but again, because that's what dudes think for women or good looking women that happens. Like, that it's, I don't know, because. What did Jesse Reyes say? I dodged dick on the daily. Mm. <laughs> I was about to fucking bail, and I'm like, no, 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 you need the money. No, no, no. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. Shit, that's an awful yeah, night. It was horrible. Man, I'm like, never horrible. again. Horrible. No, know your place. <laughs> know your role. Time and, and place. Shut your mouth. Know Ta- your role and shut your mouth. Know your role and shut your moat. <laughs> no, but a time and a place. And the thing that I have, my problem isn't reeling it in. I'm actually really good at reeling it in. My problem is in releasing and that's why i tweeted navid and i was like teach me how to turn up because like my whole thing is that i can't i still have a hard time in between my body dysmorphia and just like the 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 toxic masculinity that comes with with the rap world i just don't really know how to move and in the energy transfer, that's it's vital to be able to be dynamic and fluid yeah. in your movement. And Navid has that, and he has that on me as an MC that I don't Thank have. Thank you, but you you could have it. the The thing about the thing about MCing is that as much as it's about you know the person being on stage holding the microphone and transferring this energy, and I love that you brought that up because that's, that's something we actually spoke about is the alchemy that happens on stage. Mm, that's right. There's, there's, a, there's a manipulation of energies when you're on that stage. And the thing is, what MCs or hosts tend to forget about is that it's not about them. It's about the crowd. It's about the artist. Yeah. It's about getting, maintaining. It's like, look, you all cook, right? You all made pasta, right? Mm. You all made spaghetti sauce. When you get that sauce boiling, you want to get, get that rolling, but then you need that soft boil still. You're going to bring down the heat a little bit, but it still needs to be rumbling. If not, it's not cooking properly. And it's that. It's maintaining that level of that rolling, that, yeah. those rolling bubbles. Yeah, just, even it if doesn't it's go not, too high and it doesn't die. You, you, and that's one thing I got from wrestling. And I mean, again, wrestling and stand-up comedy, actually, as a matter of fact, these are two realms that resemble each other so much. 100%. And, and MCing is one of them. And I, actually, if, you, if anybody's curious about that, uh, go to Google and type in Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bill Burr podcast. They have an episode together where they both express the what the experience is as an MC, as a as a pro wrestler and as a stand up comedian, and they realize it is literally the same structure. And those are the two things, the two art forms that anything can happen, as scripted as it is. Anything can happen, and on a dime, it could switch. As soon as the crowd reacts opposite of what you were expecting to, that whole format is out the window. And the crowd directs it. And emceeing, being on stage at a show, is pretty much that. 
So I want to keep that crowd going, but you don't want them to explode the whole time because they're not going to last four or five hours. Yeah, yeah. They're going to yeah. last one. So when the crowd starts coming in and there's 20 people, guess where I'm going to be? I'm not going to be on that stage for two hours waiting for the crowd to show up. I'm in the crowd because I want to transfer that energy to those people because those are the ones that are going to transfer that over to the ones after them. So they already have that same hype that I do. Mm-hmm. I'm there to enjoy myself. I'm not there just to get paid. I'm not there to get paid. At the end of the day, I enjoy the payday and I want to get valued for what I'm worth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, shouts to, the, to, to those guys and, and all of that. You know, Sage and Reggie and those guys, official tissue. I rock with them and all that. But you know, you touched on something like barber barbershops have long been a a the, like, especially in this day and age, it's like the last bastion of true uh, or old school manhood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, you, you, you walk into the barbershop, expect people to roast you. You better be able yep. to roast back. Yep. And uh, and it's just taking that same space, which has traditionally been the bastion of manhood, and transforming it into uh, what, uh, what, the, what the wokes would refer to as a safe space. I was just going to say that. I don't want to call that, but it's a fucking safe space. Because even if people are... Look, let's be real. There's no private conversation at the barbershop. Don't ever think you're going to sit down in a barbershop with your barber as long as there's other people around, it's not a private conversation. Everybody's listening. If this shit is getting as personal as it is, more people are listening. Okay? But it's a safe space. Because, like, this is that one place where you can actually sit down and be vulnerable with a complete stranger. Because the moment that you sit down and they put that cape around your neck, you are vulnerable. You have given them your trust. Yeah. And at that moment, they open up. And this is actually, I told Mario, this is part of my future plans in life. I actually want to become a therapist i want to go follow back i want to go back to school and get a license in therapy or maybe psychology and at the deep end of my career as a professional at my in my 50s or 55 when i've actually gathered a lot of knowledge from life and experiences and everything as well as the schooling i'll have the tools to be able to genuinely help people and i want to do one hour sessions with people come down we're going to do a one-on-one barber session i'm going to cut your hair i'm going to get you looking and feeling your best and we're going to have an actual conversation where i could give you the tools you need to help yourself out afterwards and to, and to, just to chime in you actually this is one of those instances where you actually want people listening in on your private conversations because the more people are tuning into the conversation that you're having with your barber that's because the the more factual or the more valuable the conversation that you're having is mm-hmm. it na- people will naturally gravitate towards that so it might you might inadvertently help somebody else, else yeah, just by being open about the shit that you're going through yeah so your bio looking at your website here says and I quote Jeanette King is a producer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist and DJ based in Montreal Jeanette's unique sound blends together soulful vocals upbeat production style and honest lyrics to create a truly captivating listening experience. <laughs> that Ow. person sounds pompous. <laughs> that's a bio bio. That's like a that's like that's yeah, a bio that's, 101. Yeah, that's like it's like it's like it's formal. Yeah. So, um as a DJ, mm. how difficult is it to get people to take you seriously? Mm. As a DJ, hmm. 
Because she's a woman? For what reason? Or Primarily because she's a woman. Okay. People are fucking idiots. No, I believe you. I just meant, mm. I was, yeah, wondering which aspect. And, uh, and it's frustrating to see that people are incapable of giving other people their credence based on whatever perception. Like, uh, like I would, I would, like, my, my own, my own woman is, is, is very uh, well-versed in, in, in music things. And I would, I would smack a record store clerk for being like, oh, did your boyfriend show you that? Ew. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why I asked the question, how hard is it? It's interesting. To have, to have your credence in the space. Um, I mean, it's, a defi- it's definitely a male-dominated world. Not only DJing, I guess, you know, in general. But, um, but yeah, DJing specifically in the environment. I think the, the biggest thing, and I even get this as a, as a musician too, like when I'm doing my sound check, is um, people being like, <clears throat> do you know what an XLR cable is? Or Ugh. do you know, like, like... <laughs> Okay, so um, you have all your equipment, right? Or, like, you have all the things. Or, like, is your sound on? Is the volume turned up? Oh, is your computer on? <laughs> Just, like. <laughs> Did you try resetting you... the modem? <laughs> wow. It'll get that bad? Yeah, people just assuming that you're incompetent? Yeah, and I don't get it, like, too much. But it definitely is, like, something that comes up here and there. And, and I think people are really shocked when I'm, like, um... Yeah, like, I want to go stereo out, and I have two XLR cables, and you know what I mean? Like, and I say, like, things that are, like, technical. (laughs) Do you, like, DJ a lot in, like, female circles? Like, do you kind of... I DJ a lot of queer events, and, um... And then I I also do a a few bars here and there. But, yeah, I, I would say that I really love and enjoy, um, my queer community. Okay, so, like... Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely mix for most mostly queer events. But not... And then what's your music type that you, like, gravitate towards? Like when I'm mixing? I guess, yeah, when you're DJing. Um, I, <laughs> I go all over the place, honestly. Like, I go from house, deep house, to disco, and then I go from disco to, like, throwback, like, 90s hip-hop and R&B. And then I'll go from there to, like, 90s dance hall. And then I'll bring it to, like, new school dance hall. And then I'll go to Soka. And then somehow we'll end up back at house. Okay, so, yeah, so it runs the gamut. Yeah, it's really, I do all of those things in one night. That's kind of, I'm an all-around DJ. I don't, like, just primarily do one genre. So, yes, you avoid situa- You avoid nights where it's, like, this kind of night. Yeah, like, well, unless it's, like, a throwback night. I really yeah. love doing throwback. Okay. Yeah. I can picture that. I get it. So you wanna you wanna you wanna encourage me. So your message is is love, perseverance, and uh, and uh, black queer female excellence. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> is it like a, an audience that you find is like underserved? So like like the, n- yeah yeah. So you want to make sure that they are represented yeah. in the space. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean it must it is underserved for sure. Like that is has to be one of the communities that's the least spoken about, the least represented. Totally. And I think that there's a lot of, like, self-hate in us. I think, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but I remember just growing up and, and, and if I were ever to have an opportunity, like, the first person I would reach out to would not have been a black woman, you know, to, like, help them up. Because there's, like, this, there's, like, this, um, there's, like, this brainwashing that 
that's like um, in your subconscious that we have to like uh, reprogram I don't know do you mean like that you can't like the the people who look like you aren't the people who can help like you have to like yeah, that kind of self hate exactly. where it's like you have to other people are the people with the answers the people with the resources yes, exactly. the people who are going to get me yeah. out of the situation people that look like me are not going to be the people that I I go to or that I'm going to be able to provide anything for you know yeah that's it but I'm just trying to re um, program myself and in turn reprogram the world well if everybody's gonna bite your style like the black queer woman is is second most imitated next to the black straight man in terms of style cues in terms of uh american parlance and like just like culturally speaking like right. black black queer women have every 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 fucking meme uh, and uh, and uh, and 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 the terminology that comes from the from the from the trans and the and the the drag community that's all that's 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 black queer women and they bite your style but they won't embrace you they won't open the door for you they won't ha- they won't let you uh radiate that on on a, on a higher totally. platform totally or like tech get into tech and you know what fuck get tech get no but get into tech but fucking yeah, get into become tech. an expert Yes, and I'm finding within myself and my craft um, at the moment that um, it's challenging because I'm not somebody who um, who presents very very queer or who presents as like someone who is gay or bisexual or you know it's not part of my like branding I guess mm-hmm. so um, I find that uh, there's a lot of um, It's kind of double, it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, um, there's a lot of opportunities that I miss because I'm not queer enough. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of opportunities um, that I get because, oh, she's safe. She's not, she's not queer. You know? Yeah, like you know a passing. I mean? Yeah, like a passing thing, thing. Which can be. Yeah. So it's like for me within my craft right now, I guess I'm just kind of just trying to f- I want to be representative of who I am and I want I want to support those people and I want to raise them up. So maybe I can't really do that if I'm not representing it within my own art too. You know what I mean? But that's hard, but then you don't want to just make it for the sake of making no, it. No, exactly, because I don't want to change who I am. Mhm. But I also want to know that want them to know that I'm there. Yeah, that that you're not that I'm passing in it. and you're not yeah, yeah that's it. I'm like in the I'm in the fight too yeah no I that's a lot to consider but yeah it's tough but that makes it like intrinsically interesting too it's like that's where art comes from sort of is those kinds of things so yeah the dilemmas of life yeah exactly yeah for sure well before there's like a successful uh, integration and, 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 and proper <clears throat> uh, sharing of of, of the of, of spaces, I think that uh, especially a lot of the uh, traditionally marginalized people have to uh, have to enforce and elevate themselves and, and be able to self sustain before properly being able to to integrate the space. There's always that hesitation 
when it comes to like predominantly straight male events from women who are straight as well or like you know the queer community because you're always cautious and on guard when you're not in a queer event and you're queer and you're like out and you're like you know presenting who you really are because you're never sure like what the outcome is going to be but I think it is important for folks to like just put themselves in situations like that to for one have there be more visibility of themselves in those spaces and for two to you know I don't know I'm always about giving people the benefit of the doubt and just like trying yeah you know just but it's trying. just it sucks that the onus because like you know you go into that space and then someone says something and then your night's like ruined and it's like great like yeah I tried and everything but it's like my night's ruined your night's not fucking ruined you yeah know? So it's like, that's it very true like, yeah. And then you just want to make your own spaces all the time because you're like, all the time. I have a good fucking, and then, and then yeah, but then things maybe don't change in the same way. Then so you're like, change. no, I'm gonna go and yeah. do it, and then or you stay safe and you don't show up with who you really are and you don't show your full queerness because it's better to just you know blend in. Yeah, exactly. So, so it just sucks that of course it's the onus and you have to take all the L's. Yeah. And then it's like to make any sort of change, but. It's pretty much the only way of going about it. Yeah. Because even if it, yeah, it's a safe space. Like someone says something, and maybe even they get removed or something, but it doesn't change the fact that like that you, you had to fucking, deal with you that. had to deal with that shit, and no one else had to deal with that shit. You got attacked, and the, and there were no ramifications. And even yeah. if the ramifications come, it's too little, too late. Yeah, it's like why well, so still true. dealt with it. So, but it yeah. pretty much is the only way forward. And it's just unfair. It's just one of those aspects of life that's just truly like unfair. Definitely. I mean, like, look how far we've come in terms of. I mean. Every time I say this, I always catch myself, and I'm like, well, wait, have things actually changed that mm, much? But yeah. I was going to say, look how far we've come in terms of, like, safe spaces for black folks or, like, people of color, um, you know, in terms of, like, racism and stuff like that in a party culture. Yeah, it's gotten a lot better. But then there's yeah. still but then, so many stupid you, comments are made, so many, yeah. so much bullshit. And then there's always, like, the underlayers. You never really know how people are feeling. Yeah. yeah, and that's just what it boils down to is that you never yeah. really know. You like never really know. nobody's nobody's really safe out there. Like you might True. look at you might look at me. I'm not I'm not black. I'm not white, but they'll confuse me for whatever depending on who's looking. You know what I mean? And and not only that, I'm still subject to violence or repression or general disrespect as much as as much as anybody else would. But, but you're not a white male. That's why. Every time we talk about this and he talks like this, but I'm like, but you're not a white male. But you have to understand that to the to the, to the undiscerning eye, I might look like it. Yeah, a passing thing again. Right. But, okay, no, I understand. Oh, but it's yeah, just it's you, so hard. You yeah. know what's really frustrating is that when they try to take away your uh, your, 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 your truth just because of the, the, the external outward perception, the outward perception, that, oh, well, you don't, you don't have it that hard. You're a guy. You don't have it that hard. You're not black. It's like you don't know what I am, yeah. and yet here or how you, I have and, it exactly. And here you are popping off the side of your neck, like yeah, you're, you're going all the way. You're like yeah, for sure. What's me. really good with these uh, with these Michael Jackson glasses, man? These are uh, not Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wishes he had these glasses. Well, they're like X-ray glasses. <laughs> it's the shit that you wear when they hit you with the MRI. But they no, look this good. is old person driving on the highway glasses. Mm. 
you put these over your actual glasses. You got tunnel vision shades. Yeah, I was just doing it for a visual gag, which <laughs> now just, the editing wise, it might have killed it. But probably. I just don't feel like they're gonna pick up on camera, but know that in person, everyone, they look good. No, they look terrible. They in look person. good. No, no, no. I hate you. That's probably gonna make for a good Easter egg. I hope. I hope you could edit it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Well, I'm gonna keep them on for a second. Well, I mean, shit, after the last episode where, where Britton and I were wearing our fake glasses, you might as well wear some real glasses. <laughs> that <laughs> Show was us funny. how it's done. I like that moment. That was funny. It really was. Yeah, yeah. I like every episode gives me one chuckle. Like, I get every episode, I, like, get a good chuckle at least once. And I enjoy that chuckle. Oh, yeah, as I'm listening back, I mean. We're wildly entertaining. <laughs> Is it weird writing the descriptions now? Yeah. Since you're actually on it. Yeah, I always have to remember to write they instead of we. Mm. That's one That's one pickle. That's it? That's uh, the worst part? No, I mean, it used to be fun to write the descriptions just because I had no idea what was happening. So, like, it was fun to, like, mm. now it's, like, it's less fun to listen when you're on it than when you're not. Because it's your second time experiencing it. Not because it's no, that's true. Fun. I mean, it's the same for me. Editing it like over and over. By the time I got the final fucking podcast, I don't want to listen to that shit. If I were you, I don't. I I'm I have a hard time being objective about things that I'm involved in already. If I were you, listening to it that much and editing it, I would have no fucking clue if I liked it or not. I'd be asking people. I'd be like, "Is it any fucking good? Can you tell me?" Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've listened to it a million times. I have no. I I would hate that. Yeah, I don't know. That's not really me. No. Sorry. This one I like. Did you just apologize for singing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now he's angry. Look at his <laughs> angry face. I sing when I'm drawing. Don't you ever apologize for singing? I don't do that. I actually spend times around a certain singer, and she sings just whenever, and after a while, it's actually kind of annoying. Yeah, it's like, shut up! Aww. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know what you think this is, but... Saint American it's Idol, a bro. concert, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Saint a fucking sing-along. <laughs> yeah, so... This is more like R&B than soul, no? Almost. It's just a ballad. Yeah, I guess it's, it's country. Ballad. It's got some I'm just kidding. Yeah. Like, Get Lil Nas X on the phone. We got a banger for him. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I fucking love it. Is it's it? Black people subverting country music culture is the most uh, glorious reappropriation of the last 50 years. Did you know that he got removed from billboards? Yes. Billboard did not want to classify him as country music because he had 808 bass and rolling hi-hats and his shit. But all those white dudes can do it, though. Exactly. Ariana Grande could do it, so why can't Lil Nas X? Yeah, that's wild. And then he got Billy Ray Cyrus to flex on him. And then what happened? That's how you know he doesn't really like country music. Because you wouldn't get Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> that's how you know he's an industry plant. Mm, 
what he's video? not, man. He's just a meme kid. This is like another meme for him. Yeah, he's just really good at the internet. He studied yeah. the internet for like ten years, and he's like, I'm, and he knows all the the ins and outs. But there was a whitewashing of country because the cowboy lifestyle was not white people. It was Mexicans. It was also black people. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely it was definitely whitewashed. It's definitely a thing that most people. But, but it doesn't make any sense because when you think about it, it's like, of course, it's Mexicans and black people. It's like, who is like actually working the land down there for all these fucking years when people were using horses? Like, it wasn't fucking white people. So it's like, it makes it's like obviously it would have been black and brown people. But then we took it. But we took it rather recently too. Like just John Wayne, I think movie was the was the the pivot sort of. Oh really? There's like this John Wayne movie where he like adopted the cowboy, you know, myth thing. Yeah. And then as of then, like the white cowboy became the the whole thing. So it's not even that long ago. I had no idea. Yeah, it's just like the 50s or something. And then Clint Eastwood came along, and the rest was history. Then we've been a bunch of slack-jawed yeehaws ever since. Yeah, this guy, I mean, he timed it so perfectly. This yeehaw thing was already coming, and then he dropped that shit. It was like, it was, I mean, it's been out since, like, December, actually. It's been out for months, but still. His timing, it was just, it was a perfect storm. It's a meme. Hmm? It's a meme. Yeah, it is. It's a meme. It's just a musical form. I think this kid's gonna play his hand too much, though. I think he, I think he's gonna overplay his hand. I mean, and something. I feel like he's gonna ruin it for himself soon. Yeah. It's just gonna be too much, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, okay, calm down," and then it's gonna be over for him. I, I think, think it's a strategy. I think that now he's got a foot in the door with the meme thing. He's gonna live up to the Nas X part of the Lil Nas X thing and go and go full on revolutionary. That's my gamble. You don't actually believe that, right? I'm putting money on it. I'll I'll roll the dice on the kid. But what, what, you think he's going to become like a, a leader in the field? Like a community leader? Well, I mean, mean? I, I, if Lil Uzi Vert could be relevant to a whole generation of kids, why can't Lil Nas X? Because Lil Uzi wanted to be a rapper and Lil Nas X wanted to be an internet star? He's a meme kid. He just wanted to get put on. He just put himself on. But, I mean, I'm not saying, I just think he's going to overplay his hand. I can feel it already. But we'll see. But I just mean, you don't think he's going to make, like, important music, do you? Good call. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, see. we'll see. Time will tell. You have a lot of faith in this kid. I'm just uh, I'm just in a gambling mood. It's okay. Like, you uh, just, yeah, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll take a flyer on the kid. Yeah, I bet. I finally have a song for this episode. You've, you're always like, you have a song suggestion? Oh my god! I finally have one. It's gonna one. be one, of and those, it's good. Is it a Lilith Fair type record, or is it is it banging like? No, it's not banging. It's not Lilith Fair, but it's as Lilith Fair as like hip hop could possibly go. Okay, let me guess what artist. In you're that case. never gonna guess, so go for it. The most Lilith Fair artist. She's, it's not hip hop per se, but it's hip hop adjacent. Ugh, you'll understand what does that when you even know mean? it. I'm I gonna know. say I'm gonna say it's Dido. 
No, I went, no. That, <laughs> it's more hip-hop than Dido. Well, I mean, Dido got sampled for Eminem Stan. It's pretty fucking How recent is it, you ask me? It's uh, 10-ish years old. 10-ish years. Yeah. Hip-hop adjacent. Hip-hop adjacent. Lilith Ferry. Lilith Ferry, hip-hop adjacent. I mean, I'm being accurate, but you're still never going to get it. Yeah, it's not good enough as far as cluage. Okay, I'll give you one more clue. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's from a soundtrack. Oh, no. Oh, yes. No, I still don't know. Okay. What is it? It's Wasting My Time on the 8 Mile Soundtrack by... Karen Manning. Wow. Okay, what the fuck? No one is going to guess that shit. I knew. Shit. I but said, I was dangerously close because I called Dido Eminem. There's some sort of, you know what I mean? There's some sort of connection. There's an M connection. There's an yeah. M connection. Yeah, it's true. What was M&M the name M&M of her connection. group? What was the name of that group? I don't know. Whose group? Taryn Manning? Yeah, it was Taryn Manning and her brother was producing it. Oh, I don't know. There was a group name. I don't know. Well, I'll find it. Okay. But I would like That's you to play choice. that song. It's yeah, a good song. It's a weird song. choice. Do you not remember bad. it? Yeah, it's not it's bad. It's a very good song. That soundtrack had a couple of decent moments. Yeah, I like that soundtrack a lot. Because I wanted to listen to that Young Z song the other day at the gym. Yeah. Because I love that Young Z song. That's my ninja. Your yes. ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. You know Jeezy has a feature on Good Kid, Mad City? No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. I listened to it. Like, I just listened to it at the gym. You mean he's on the remix of Bitch Don't Kill yes, My Vibe? Exactly. Sorry. That's he's not, not the same the thing. Okay, but it, that's on the album now. Or it's a deluxe edition, I guess. Oh, yeah, is it? It's it was probably on, a bonus Yeah, track. it was on the title. Because I listened All to it on right. title. Anyways, he sounds pretty good on that. For the era of Jay-Z, Jay-Z that it was. I like it. I was just impressed considering what had surrounded that in his career at that point. I was like... Hmm, I was surprised. It wasn't impressive for the Jiggerman. It was impressive for Kendrick Lamar to land the Jiggerman at yeah, that yeah. point because Kendrick Lamar was still an upstart. People were there were rumblings that were, he was going to be up to bat, but this is before uh, they actually like he had that whole that whole uh, a passing of the baton moment on stage in Los Angeles. This this was pre that, if I'm not mistaken. But he did this post-release of the album, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. And that al- he was already a critical darling by the time that album dropped. People were like... He was. People loved Kendrick. Yeah, it was a From big the deal. Yeah. Also, Money Trees is such a fucking good song. Like, I sound obviously insanely late. Mm. I just really... But I don't it's know. It's not late. It is a good song. It's such a good song. Like, That's what they're like... Christ. I'm not, like, huge on that album, but the good songs from that album are really fucking good. Yeah, for sure. I really liked Section 80. I never listened to it. Like, heard it. Not even listen. I never heard it. Section 80 is definitely a, a, a highly recommended listen. Uh, I like a lot of the early TDE stuff. Like, uh, my my podcast uh, joint today is going to be uh, Schoolboy Q, Bet I Got Some Weed. Is that old or new? That's old. Okay. But Schoolboy is very apropos. Schoolboy is probably my favorite rapper out of the... Uh, out of the TDE roster, although I'm probably wow. more of a Kendrick type of guy. It's surprising. I yeah. like that. Yeah, schoolboy, huh? Yeah, I love schoolboy. How are you on your Absol? I would have <sighs> uh, half would have guessed Absol because he's the rapper guy. Rappers love Absol, don't they? Yeah, I guess they do, but but I but also I'm I'm not really a rap. Okay, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm more than a rapper at this point. But I started off. I'm, not, I'm never going to front. And that's what I like about Schoolboy. It's that it, it, it caters to my low, my base level lowest common denominator. 
which is what I like about them. I don't, even though in my in my craft I try to be as 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 sophisticated and and polished as I can be. Um, the best rap music is still down bottom, ignorant as fuck. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm just surprised, like, this lie that white people hate themselves and that's why they're so, like, this bleeding liberal shit. It's like, no white person hates their no. whiteness. No, of course not. Well, there's don't. plenty of white people that hate their whiteness. No. Oh, yeah. No, they no, don't. It's it's, not... It really isn't, because as soon as you give them an opportunity to yes. use that whiteness, they're using the whiteness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it happens. It's like I've men. seen it a million yeah, times. Yeah, no, that's it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's you, exactly it's like ex- dudes. Yeah. You, you acknowledge your whiteness, but in that moment, it's like... It is what it is. We won't agree, but that's cool. I mean, look at how no, look, look at the involvement of uh, of of <laughs> just look at the involvement of of white people in the in the black arts. Just look at how look at Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport is my look is at my Justin Timberlake. Just, look at Justin Timberlake. Yeah, in the it's moment like, that he was ramen noodle a, head ass. Go ahead. I just mean like the moment he was put in a situation. You know what I mean to like stand up for a black person. He scurried off and disappeared. No, he, he played his white card. He yeah, le- he was the white male in the situation. Who did he recant on? No, this is that Janet Jackson shit. Ah, uh, bitch no. ass Justin ass Timberlake. Like he was not even remotely part of the conversation. Oh, he wanted none of that no, smoke. He apologized right away and said that it, he had no idea that it was going to happen. So he yeah. completely removed himself from accountability. Exactly. And then he ended up on their Super Bowl, like like a few years later. And Jen Jackson. Anyways, everyone knows the story. But are you implying that Michael Rappaport is a self-hating white male? Yes. Oh, sir, is no, he not? not? He is the most. No, he like he he he's loves a, being white. That's he's a his pretty whole... classic white guy. Have yeah. you listened to his podcast? No. Okay, don't. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I would bet. No, he lo- he the idea of being a white man in a black space like he loves that. He's like he's like this like special. Yeah. He feels special in the black space. The way you feel about censorship and all like he would agree with you entirely, 100%. Yeah, sure he, he would. He takes advantage of it as much as he fucking But can. he's a he's a he's a white guy who thinks he's so down that he's blacker than black till he gets put in his place. Do you see that? Do you see that um that that he was uh, he was like courtside at a at a college basketball game? And he was accosting this uh, this black man in a suit. No, nah, no. Nah. And my man was like, yo, like, don't fucking talk to me. I was like, I'll put hands on you. And he was like, did you just uh, threaten to put hands on me on national TV? Give me, give me, uh, give me some search terms. Oh, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to play this right now. All right, unprecedented access with Katino Mobley, who I know wishes he was on the court, despite not playing, I mean... My man is looking custom suit sharp. Katino, <laughs> this is a tough game. Killer Three's are not playing not around. What do you have bothered. to say about this game? Look at him. <laughs> Yo, he put my, Mike out my you face. You like you want to put hands on me. Please, please, man, before I put hands on you. I ain't right, I'm not Scalabrini. Get off of me, man. Katino <laughs> Moby just told me he would put hands on me. On live TV, CBS Sports serious. If it happens, it happens. <laughs> Just make sure you keep that videotape for my lawyers. <laughs> Mom, Dad, it was great, a great run while we had it. It's probably, probably not the first time somebody's told you they want to put hands on. Yes, I know they called with Katina Mobley doing the same thing. Like he ran up on him while he was like playing or something, and he's like, "Get off of me!" Like, 
fucking get out of here. I fucking hate you. <laughs> exactly. Get the fuck out of here, Michael Rappaport. He's the My favorite is Isaiah Rashad out of that camp. Me too, but you know that. I figured, yeah. I like Isaiah Rashad. But is he? But he's not really core. Like he's he's a signee. If we're talking about like the signees after like the core after like Black Hippie, my favorite is Sir. Mm, I like him as a person. I saw an interview with him. And he was very likable. But I haven't heard his music much. He's a singer though, right? Yes. Yes. Go okay. listen to the November Project. It's beautiful. Mm, I wouldn't be surprised. If we're going core, I think J Rock is my guy. Mm. I'm a big fan of J Rock. Yeah, you are. Cool motherfucker. I hated him when he first came out, like Game Era. He was like a terrible, terrible rapper. And then around the time of Money Trees, suddenly he like figured it out. Yeah. I think he hung around Kendrick enough where he was like, oh, that's how you rap. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Win is a big fucking record. I love that fucking song. It's I this, fucking love Win. It's the dumbest hook that I just fucking love. It's such a stupid hook. Win, 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 win. <laughs> Fuck everything else. Everything else. Win, None win, of it win, fucking win. matters. Fuck it all. Just win. I, I love that shit. That speaks to me. And it's true. No, it's true also. Yeah, I left that in Britain's car. I think she's finally getting into J-Rock. I was thinking, I like that album a lot, but I've never... Yeah, there you go. No, and I like him. I like him on Money Cheese, obviously. And uh, yeah, no, he's If you're good. getting into that album, you're getting into J-Rock. Yeah. It's a J-Rock album. No, for sure. I just mean I'm not... I don't know. I don't... I mean, like... Ghost. No, that's fair. Like, I don't feel like I'm a fan of his. Oh, but... I didn't say you were. Yeah, fair enough. How old is he? Is he super grown or just grown? <sighs> no, nah, he's probably like 32, 33. No, he seems so much older. It's just because he's like one of those guys. He's super yeah. serious. Yeah, he is. That or he's just seen so much that he's aged terribly. He must be. He might be like 35, no? No, nah, he's like a slightly younger than me. Weird. You seem so much younger than him. 1985. Oh. He's in our bracket. There you go. March yeah. 31st, 1985. Yeah, so he slightly just younger. turned... 33. He just turned 33. Okay. Okay, yeah. 34, I think. Yeah, March. Yeah. March. 34. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he was like 32. That just seemed impossible. Yeah. Yes, oh my God. man. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, but how white is that? That's not a self-hating. That's, yeah, that's white. That's but white. That's some, <laughs> that is the most self-loathing white guilt shit. No, no, no. White guilt. White no, guilt. But no, but that's the thing. If he exactly. was a self-loathing white guy, he would allow himself to be stepped on. Like, he wouldn't put himself in that position. You know what I mean? Well, he, he wouldn't would be feel... policing blackness because he'd yeah. be like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I'm, just a, I'm, Katino, I'm just a little old white guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Katino Mobley could could threaten to, to, to duff out Michael Rappaport, but if some honky went up to, to old Mikey talking that, that slick shit, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be there for the guff. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but what? that's so just... He, so he eats that. So he eats that. He's, yeah, he's, he he's eats shook. That. He's shook. Yeah, but that's just more whiteness, like this idea that black men are like brutes and you're scared of them, but you're like intellectually, I could like, but I'm scared of you physically and stuff. It's all, that's like a classic it's soft, white dude. It's soft, light in the ass shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is. I just, not for the... It's just classic white God, stuff, though. I hate Michael Rappaport. He's someone who... Because that's this is what's happening today. Like Michael Rappaport, in his mind, is working off of old information. In the '90s, he was definitely 100 percent 
down with black culture and black people supported his ass and like everyone thought like yeah this is the white boy that we all fucking are down with but it's like the definition of what a white person who's like an ally has changed so fucking much and he doesn't know that Mm. So now the younger generation, they look at Michael Rappaport like, who's this fucking clown? You know what I mean? That's because he's being a fucking clown. He is a clown, exactly. Maybe he wasn't then. He wasn't then. I appreciate him producing the Tribe Doc. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate Michael Rappaport and his um, his passion for, for hip-hop and rap music. But, you know, being the ar- the white arbiter of, of all things black? Nah, fuck off, guy. Yeah, of course. That's some self-loathing white guy shit. That's, that's like I'm, I'm so down that I'm like I'm, I'm actually black yeah but shit, that's the thing you know? I don't think that's self-loathing that's like taking advantage of your whiteness mm. like you're being the whitest person alive By to be able to shit. say when someone is successfully doing them you know what I mean right 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 right, right. yeah right 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 like I've heard him like on his podcast he talks about like certain black actor the Sean King dude who however you feel about the guy like was his uh, ethnic makeup ever finally confirmed? No, he's a mixed dude. Is he an actual mixed dude? Is he logic mixed? I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I need to birth certificate this guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Where's like, his birth certificate? You kept asking for Barack's birth certificate. Where's Sean King's? Birth yeah. c- where's Logic's birth? But certificate? that's the thing. But that's Michael Rapaport. I he, want photographic evidence. When he wants to talk about Sean King, he wants to talk about his blackness. You know what I mean? As if. He has any... Yeah, like, what well, is a white dude trying to say how black someone is? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's really... It's super... It would be ill-advised if it didn't come from a place of actual, like, piece of shitness. Yeah, he's a steaming turd. He is. He is. But, uh, yeah, just... 